Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening, folks. It is Wednesday night, and that means that you are listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. I am your co-host, Bunkhouse Bob, and with me, as always, is the lovely... No. No. Laura is not here this evening, folks, and uh, I'll tell you what, the studio is it's cold, it's dark, it, it feels empty and lonely without Laura here. All the flowers have begun to die. Everything's just, the leaves are falling. It's like going into a long, cold winter again. No, it's not. It's spring outside. The trees are starting to bloom. The sky is blue. The sun's coming back out. And Laura, unfortunately, is not here tonight, folks. She is on business. She is traveling. She is in, uh, she is going to Hotlanta for a, uh, for her job. So, we're not going to have Laura here this evening, but we do have an excellent guest co-host, and I'll get to him in just just a moment. But Laura did want me to tell you something, folks, that her not being on the show is not a complete loss because she received her weekly Sunday selfie from former show guest Cameron Cade this past week, whose shirts can now be purchased on ProWrestlingTees.com. So all is right in Laura's world. All is right. And the other thing is, I won't have to hear Laura talk about Caleb Conley for the next hour and, I don't know, 45 minutes. So it's good on my end, too. We don't, get, we don't have to talk about Caleb Conley. So without further ado, I want to bring in, as promised, the winner of our contest and tonight's guest co-host. He is also the number one contender for the Milestone Heavyweight Championship, which will be decided on April 12th 
in a hardcore skewer match against a one up-and-coming and defending and tough-as-nails competitor in Colt 45. So without further ado, folks, bring in my guest co-host, Hardcore Terry F. in Houston. Terry, welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good for a Wednesday night. I can't complain. How are uh, how are things in your neck of the woods? Not too bad. Pretty good. Making it. Yeah. Another day at the sign. Another week at the sign shop, building signs, but not bad. Yeah. Did you build a sign that says, "The champ is here"? I didn't, because that's not really guaranteed yet. But I'll see well, to that on the twelfth. That's right. That's right. April the twelfth. Milestone Wrestling. You and Colt 45, I've, I've sung both of your praises. I think this is probably going to be a match not only for those that are uh, not a faint of heart, but for those that enjoy hardcore wrestling, because this is a 1,000-skewer uh, a match, if I, if I remember right, or if, it's, if, if I'm thinking of how it's billed, or it's just billed as a skewer match. Am I correct? It's, yeah, it's something along those lines. I know I, the gist of it is just – Stab the other person with the skewers. I see. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be like whoever gets skewered first will be considered the winner. Is that correct? Actually, no. Well, no. Actually, I think somehow, and it's beyond me how this is going to work. But supposedly, the one with the who gets stabbed the most is supposed to lose. Good God Almighty, Terry! So, you know, uh, you know, evidently we're both going to take a lot. So as long as I take less than he does, I win. This has Vince Russo written all over it. This could be called a porcupine on a pole match. <laughs> I never thought about it like that, but I guess. Well, I mean, I've seen you, I've seen your handiwork, you know, in, in pictures. I've seen it, seen it done to Jeff Hart. Uh, I've seen it done. Uh, to you, Mike, this, Mike this, Levy, Mike Levy. I mean, it, it, there's something, something's not right about the human pin cushion is what it was what you're telling me. They're going to, who in the hell's responsible for counting the number of skewers that are stuck into either you or Colt 45. I, I, I don't know, but I hope, hope they go kind of quick. Cause I'm not very fond of them. Oh, I, I can understand why. Jesus, I didn't realize that was going to be the stipulation. That's that's crazy, but you heard it here first, folks. Uh, whoever has the most skewers in them. Oh, God. And I know you and I have talked about this before, and I always throw out that idiotic question, and you always give me the, the don't ask the dumb question, Bob, answer. I always say, Terry, how do you prepare for a match like that? And then you say... Bob, I don't know if you can. And that's how it goes, folks. That's how it goes. So there's going to be no preparation uh, required for this skewer match. All you have to do is buy your ticket April the 12th for Milestone Wrestling and go see Colt 45 and Terry F. in Houston in probably what will be a match for the ages. Uh, Like I said, unbelievable. I didn't didn't realize that it was going to uh, come down to that. I know that... uh, I know that Laura, and I forgot to mention this to you, Terry, and I was hoping that you might have some information, and if folks don't, uh, if folks out there do have it, I'm sorry, 
You can call us at 213-816-1605, or you can tweet us. Uh, our Twitter account is at from the armory. And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, and I always do this. See, this is why I miss Laura, because she sends me messages and stuff. You know, right off the bat, I forgot to tell everybody, in the 8 o'clock hour, our guest tonight is Seymour Snot from Gouge Wrestling, probably one of the funniest guys on Facebook that I know. Uh, his posts are, are just timeless. He put up a couple over this past weekend that just had me in tears. The uh, guy has an incredible sense of humor. But Laura had wanted me to mention that XWW is having an event on Sunday, March 30th. Terry, do you know anything about that event? Um, very little. Um, I know it's at Kate Skating Rink in Indian Trail, North Carolina, right off Highway 74, right outside Charlotte. Um, That's more information know, than what um, I had. Um, it's it's a Sunday afternoon, Sunday night show. Um, okay. I know some of the names there. Are, you know, uh, Jason Cross, um, Fireball, which is the uh, XWW Hardcore Champion. Um, Sweet that, Dreams will be Justin, there. Is that Justin Fireball? Yeah, that's him. Okay. He's got he's got something I want there too. What what's that? Um, a key to the back door? Or his, what's what's he got? His XWW heavyweight. His XWW hardcore title. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm the king of the deathmatch tournament winner there, but I can't even get a shot. So, you know that kind of uh, makes me unhappy. I understand. Um, also, the, uh, Stro from old WCW days, he'll be there. Okay, I fo- I follow him on Facebook too. That's 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 good to know. Um, real good guy. He he is he is as genuine as they come. I I cannot say enough good stuff about that guy. But um, yeah, it's Manny's first show back. Um, you know, it's what it is. We're just gonna go out and see how things go. I'm going to go down and hang out and sell shirts and meet and greet and maybe jump Justin Fireball and knock some sense into him. Sounds like a, a fun time at the old dance house is what it sounds like. Actually, it's a skating rink. Well, there you go. <laughs> Terry Quick on the wit tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Folks, if you'd like to talk to uh, Terry or myself, the number, studio number again is 213-816-1605. And, folks, you're going to find out strangely absent tonight if you follow us on social media, and I know there are quite a few of you that do. Uh, you will not see any, any posts tonight, uh, I believe, from the Facebook account unless Laura is remote posting, um, and she usually handles the Twitter account. She better account be listening. And, and so, I'm sorry? She better be listening. Well, I don't know what her schedule was with this with this travel for her work. I don't know if she had the ability to tune in and listen, or I, I know that she was at the airport a couple hours ago, so uh, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know how it was going to work out for her. Um, but strangely absent, if you if you see him or don't see all of the uh, the posts that that Laura usually puts up, Laura is like the the queen bee of social media for our program. You'll know, and I'll try to get a few things out, but uh, it's hard for me most of the time, folks, to talk and, and think at the same time. As I get older, it, it gets harder. But uh, uh, there are, and we talked about this before we went on the air, and I, and I put a post out about this, folks. 
I counted it up, and there are over 15 independent wrestling shows this weekend scattered throughout the country. So if there is an indie promotion that is in your area, and we're going we're to try to cover all 15 of them, we're going to at least give you the information, because we here at Live from the Armory, we support indie wrestling. If you know of a promotion that's in your area or a local indie wrestler that is in your area, and you don't hear them mentioned on our show, please call us, tweet us, send us a, uh, a post on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and search Live from the Armory, you'll find our page there. Send us a message and let us know, and we will try to get it out on the air. Um, the first one that I know about is PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla is having a show called Mystery Vortex 2. This is uh, Friday night, March 28th. 8 p.m. bell time at the American Legion Post 308 in Reseda, California. The entire card is a mystery, thus the name Mystery Vortex 2. PWG is probably the only promotion that I know of that can pull this off and make a success out of it, given the fact that the wrestlers that they have come out for their shows, where they can put Amen. absolute... Huh? Amen. Yep, they can put out zero. Yep, exactly. They can put out zilch. I'm telling you, folks, you can go to the website www.prowrestlinggorilla.com, and it will tell you plainly on there that the entire lineup is a mystery. There are no wrestlers that are announced or confirmed, and they're the only ones that know. What's that, sir? They will still sell the house out. I was getting ready to say that. You're absolutely right. They will sell the house out. Because of the people that they get out there to wrestle, I know that you know, I, I know some of the names, and these aren't the names. I, I'm not saying that these are the names that are on this card, but they get wrestlers like Kevin Steen, Adam Cole, bunch of others. Chris Here's Hero's been out there. You know, they get a ton of wrestlers out there, and they put on quality matches. So, if you're in the Reseda area, go and check out PWG show. Uh, a promotion that's not too far off the road down from you, Terry, uh, Champions CWF Mid-Atlantic, is having an event called Madness in Any Direction. This is uh, Saturday, March 29th. Bell time is 7.30 from Gibsonville, North Carolina at the Sportatorium. Eric Royal defends the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship against Marcellus King. There is a no-DQ match for the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Belts. The champs, Mecca Mercenary, take on the Killbillies. And from everything that I have been told and everything that I have seen, both of these tag teams are lights out. I mean, just phenomenal. Uh, Mark James gets another shot at Chase Dakota's TV title, plus there are many more uh, matches that I'm not, not listing for you because there are a ton of, ton of shows uh, info for Mid-Atlantic is uh, cwf247.com. They're not too far down the road from you, are they, Terry? No, they're, um, it's about an hour and a half up Highway 85 up toward Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Here's another one, and we're going further up north. 3A Wrestling, and I don't think I've ever mentioned, mentioned 3A Wrestling before. Saturday, March 29th. From Aurelia, Ontario, Canada, at the ODCVI wow. Secondary School. Bell time is 6 o'clock. There were some 
what what caught my eye on this was some of the names: Jeff Jarrett, Tyson Ducks, Cody Deaner, Jules Malone, Karen Jarrett, Robbie McAllister, and WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan will be at that show. And if you're interested in uh, finding anything out, anything on them, if you want to be in Canada, you can go to uh, 3awrestling.com. Uh, I know I'm that, booked uh, Saturday night. I can't get there. You can't get up to Canada? I, I can't either. Um, no, I'm booked Saturday night. You're booked Saturday night, right. Where are you booked at Saturday night? In Lexington, North Carolina. For what promotion? Uh, XCW. Okay. I think it's Extreme Championship Wrestling. Let me see something here because I think I have that on my list, Terry. Hold on. Hold on. I may have beat you to it. Yeah, I think you did. I've got Extreme Outlaw, Extreme Vintage. I don't have it, so give me the info. Um, the info is I'm going to be making my first defense of my heavyweight title up there. Where's the event going to be at, Terry? It's um, in Lexington, North Carolina at the National Guard Armory. Okay. When's the, uh, when's the bell time on that, do you know? I do believe it is at 8, but it very well may be at 7. Okay. And who are you going to be facing? That I do not know. You don't know? So it's a mystery opponent. See, they're having a mystery show, too. Well, it, it, it become a mystery during the week when I was I questioned on who I was wrestling, and she said the guy that I was supposed to, now get this, in the middle of the week, did not have the gas money to get there. Now, that's what I call working off of a tight budget. So, you know, I, I either, either he didn't have the money or I scared him, one of the two. Well... I'll go with I'll go with the latter. I mean, it's not that hard to come up with ten bucks in gas money, unless he had to drive a long way. Well, uh, brother, I don't know, but you know, if you book, try to show up somewhere. <laughs> That's the idea, or you may not get booked again. I'm gonna see to it that he don't, because I've been told that the second time. <clears throat> the reason why I had brought up. The 3A wrestling thing is that there's been some there's been some rumors and there's been some swirling and uh, there's been a couple of um, a couple of uh, posts put up on YouTube by Jeff Jarrett that um, he is currently involved uh, or will be involved with a uh, oh how shall I word this what's the word that I'm looking for a business venture shall we say. Uh, that involves wrestling. Jeff Jarrett will be back in the wrestling business. Um, we'll have some more information as that comes up a little bit closer. If my memory serves me right, I believe it's like in mid-April that they're supposed to make another announcement. Uh, I think they're going to let the uh, hubbub from WrestleMania die down, and uh, him and Karen are going to make an announcement. Um, I have an I have an idea of what it may be, but I'm. I'm not going to give it out. I'm going to hold on to it until he makes the official announcement. A lot of people have been mentioning Toby Keith's name. Uh, There was a post that was put out by another wrestling program that said that there may be a television opportunity for this business venture, that it was kind of tossed up in the air between CMT, 
spike, which TNA's contract uh, for airing programming is due up very soon, and there are rumors that Spike is just not happy with the viewership numbers, with the Nielsen numbers. Um, if you remember uh, not too long ago, folks, I think it was probably about five or six months ago, I reported on, a, on, a, on another program that uh, the show, the syndicated show Cops, which runs before TNA on uh, Spike, has a higher viewership, a higher Nielsen rating than what TNA does. And Cops is a syndicated rerun show. It's their best-selling show or best-viewed show other than the MMA shows that they were running. So the other, the other um, name that was thrown out was that uh, TBS was looking to get back into the wrestling programming business. But all that's a bunch of rumor and innuendo. We're going to have to wait until Mr. Jarrett makes the formal announcement, but that's what caught my eye that he's doing some wrestling in Canada this weekend. Uh, good friend of the show, uh, Allie Parker, who's been, a, been on this show before, uh, Adrenaline Unleashed Pro Wrestling, uh, Saturday, March 29th, from the Desert Breeze Park in Las Vegas, Nevada, presents Extreme Thing. This is part of what, uh, there's a music festival that's going on out there, if I remember right, bands such as Kill Switch Engage and uh, several others. This is an all-day event. Uh, they will be part of that. On the card, there's a Six Sides of Hell steel cage match, Bryce Slavin versus Angus McField, uh, Las Vegas Championship title match, Pretty Peter Avalon, who is also wrestling uh, in championship wrestling from Hollywood versus Tommy Misfit. Also scheduled to appear, Joey Ryan, Candice LeRae, our good friend Allie Parker, and many others. You can find information uh, on Facebook on this at Adrenaline Unleashed. So if you're in the Las Vegas, Nevada area and you want to check out a good show, Adrenaline runs a good program out there. So you might want to check that out. Uh, local hometown promotion from my area, Terry, I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys, Bayou Independent Wrestling. Uh, is going to be running a show on Saturday from Brookhaven, Mississippi at the Lincoln County Multipurpose Center. The bell time there is 7.30. Tim Storm versus Vordell Walker in a no-DQ Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, also on the card, John Saxon. Laura and I were talking about him last week. I'm a big John Saxon fan. Andy Dalton, Jeremy Osman, more. Uh, you can find them on Facebook if you simply just search Bayou Independent Wrestling. Are you familiar with any of those guys, Terry? That um, that Saxton guy sounds familiar. Um, he's wrestled. I know he's Vordell. Wrestled, yeah, he's. You know Vordell. Yeah. Okay. Saxton's wrestled uh, most recently for TCW. Uh, he's doing work for Elite. He'll be at the. Uh, uh, Mid-Atlantic Fan Fest, uh, Wrestling Legends Fan Fest. It's coming up on April the 4th, and we'll talk about that, or Laura will probably talk about that next week. Uh, he's uh, He's been what they call the redneck Dean Malenko. Um, the guy is probably one of the better technical wrestlers that I've seen wrestle in the South, and I've actually seen him wrestle in person. Uh, really fluid really, really solid wrestler. I wished he would get uh, some looks up north, but 
um, he seems to be content in working, you know, working this area. He's got got a pretty good fan base down here. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. You got to stick with uh, you got to stick with what where you draw. So that's uh, yeah, that's. NLW Border Bash presents Miracle Mayhem Saturday, March 29th from the Miracle Center in Monroe, North Carolina. Bell time is 7.30. I think you know this guy, Lodi, is going to be there. Uh, Jason Cross, Eric Adams, Garrett Sinclair, and many others. You can find them on Facebook. Um, Just search in NLW Wrestling and you can find them. You would... uh, have you ever worked against Lodi? I know you've mentioned his name to me a couple of times. I have not. I've been on several shows with him and been on the back with him several times, but I've never been in the ring with him, though. What kind of what kind of guys he like back behind the curtain, Terry? He's um he's pretty much what you see is what you get. You know, he's um he's kind of lively. You know, he's he you know kind of sticks to his own, but. He he comes in, does his job, and leaves like a true professional, you know, and he's very easy to get along with. He's just a good guy. Cool, cool. Uh, NWA Houston, Saturday, March 29th, VFW Post 8905 in Cypress, Texas, 7.30 bell time. Uh, Stars on this card are Mike Dell, who I believe is still the uh, Wildcat – heavyweight champion, and uh, that would be Luke Cox's promotion from down south. Byron Wilcott, I've seen him wrestle. He's a good guy. Scott Summers, Cat uh, Green, Barbie Hayden, uh, former show guest Matt Riviera will be there uh, as well. You can find out information. And this was a new one for me, too, uh, in looking into this. Um, you can find information out on him at com, And I remember... Laura and I had had a conversation when, uh, I don't know, there was an NWA card that that caught my attention, and I I can't remember if Rob Conway was on the card or not. And her and I had a discussion, and George Coles got involved with it. If we felt, and I'll I'll ask you this question, Terry, because you you know what I'm talking about here. Does the NWA name or does the NWA hold as much weight as it did in the past to you today? No. No. It, it, no, it, it it does just for the name brand recognition of it, but as far as what it is, I don't think it holds its weight what it did twenty twenty five years ago. No, there's no way. I know that there's been a but, a, real, a big resurgence. I mean, I see a lot of cards uh, with NWA on it, and I, and I know that George had told us that at one point in time the name had been franchised out and. You know, I mean, there are several incarnations, and we'll talk about another one. As a matter of fact, there's another one right, right after this, NWA Smoky Mountain. You know, and, and you and I know that back in the day, the NWA was actually uh, uh, a conglomerate of promotion owners um, that actually voted uh, on who yes. who should be the champion and yeah, who kept it and where they would go yeah, from territory to territory. Who works. Exactly. And today, but, I don't. I don't know how that works. I don't know if it's still like what George was saying. If it, there's so many different incarnations of the NWA, you know, I mean, I know that there's a guy that I follow on Facebook that's heavily involved, and I want to say his name is Bruce Tharp. Is that right? That's yeah, involved he's with a, the NWA. He's a 
Okay. He's the ringleader. Okay. And I know they travel. I mean, I see his posts all the time about traveling overseas, you know, going to Japan. And, you know, I think they were going uh, to another Asian country to do some work. And, you know, I, I don't know if, it, if, if it's getting a real big push to do that type of resurgence again. I'm not sure about it overseas, but as far as here in the States, I know that they'll basically take anybody's ten or $12,000, whatever they charge for their name branding now, but they'll gladly take that and let you hold the NWA, NWA name for a year. Hmm. Well, that kind of that leads me to this one, and I know this, is a, I know this particular incarnation has been around for a while, NWA Smoky Mountain. Uh, out of Kingsport, Tennessee, Battle for the Belts, uh, 8 p.m. bell time. And I've talked about this guy a ton, Jason Kincaid. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing because I'm a Jason Kincaid fan. Puts his 900-day NWA Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Champion title reign on the line as he faces the prodigy Vince Brent. And that tells me one of two things, okay? If you've been the NWA Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Champion for 900 days, there's one of two things. Either you're that damn good or every opponent that you face is that damn bad. One of the two. There's I'm just saying. That, Bob. I'm just saying. I mean, 900 days is a long freaking time to hold the belt. For anything. For anything. For anything. I don't know if I've done anything 900 days straight except maybe eat and sleep and go to the bathroom. And breathe. And breathe and blink. See, there's a bunch. So I guess it's possible. Um, Main event, NWA World Tag Team Champs. Here they go. Rob Conway and Jax Dane. That's the guys I'm thinking of. Defending a three-way contest against the Lords of Pain and the Illuminati. And there's other matches that are on the card. You can find out the information on that, nwasmokymountain.com. I know that Rob Conway was, I want to say just as recently as 45 days ago, was listed as the reigning NWA heavyweight champ. So that's where the whole NWA thing is. I thought that he had lost the belt in one of those overseas. You see, that's the whole thing. You know, I thought he lost the belt in one of those overseas trips. You know, and it, it, it's too hard to follow because there's there's just too many damn promotions. Oh, hell, Ric Flair lost it 477 times. Do what? I said, oh, hell, Ric Flair lost it 477 different times. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, Pro Wrestling Express. You know, what goes uh, on at a house show stays at a house show. That that's right, that's right. As long as there's not a camera there, it's not televised or it didn't end up in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, nobody would ever know. Let's see. Pro Wrestling Express presents When Worlds Collide. This is Saturday, March twenty ninth from the PWX Rexel WrestlePlex in McKeesport, Pennsylvania, seven thirty bell time. PWX three rivers title match, Tanner Reynolds versus Matt Justice. Also scheduled to appear, Revolution, Bobby Beverly, Ryan Rain, Patrick Hayes, and many more. Uh, info for this one is uh, pwxwrestling.org. Again, this is the PWX that's in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. Um, here's one that uh, 
I know that you may be familiar with absolutely intense wrestling. Have you ever seen anything from them, Terry? Mm, I don't think so. See, I, I find all kinds. Of, I find all kinds of stuff. Uh, I'm interested. Keep talking about it. Absolutely intense wrestling presents Girls Night Out 11 and 12, taping. Oh, I'm even more interested in it. No, <laughs> you better watch it. You you <laughs> you might end up with a skillet to the head instead of a skewer to the head if you're not careful. Uh, <laughs> taping Saturday, March 29th from Turner Hall in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, it's uh, two tapings in one, so the bell time is at 3 o'clock. You can see stars such as Mickey Knuckles, Mia Yim, uh, Jenny Rose, and one of my personal favorites, Sassy Steph, will be in action there as well. So if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, uh, please check that show out. Uh, you can find information uh, about them for AIWrestling.com. And a lot of folks... Ask uh, Laura, we get questions, so on and so forth. And I put this out on Facebook uh, over the weekend. They were like, well, why don't you guys list on your website, and if you go to our Twitter account, you can find the link to our website. Um, why don't you guys put out the list of all of your guests uh, that are coming up uh, for, for the show? And, you know, I'm, kind of, I'm like a guy that likes surprises and stuff. So I don't like listing the names, but I can tell you that one of the names that I just read off that absolutely intense wrestling will be a guest on our show. She also works does work for Shine. We have people from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood coming up. We have people coming up from PWX. We have people coming up from $5 Wrestling. We have people coming up from all different kinds of promotions that are around the area. So don't uh, don't be surprised. You, you never know who's going to show up. And I got we got a phone call, Terry. Let's see who this is. I think I know who this is. I hope it's Raider Rock. It's not eight six four. You're on with Live Armory. It's Mr. Sleazy. Don't ever call me Raider. Oh God, I knew it. <laughs> so you Raider what are you doing, Eric? <laughs> uh, not much. Called in and listen, uh, listen to the guest host. You know, uh, you know, I'm going to see this guest host in a few weeks at uh, Milestone Wrestling, and then uh, I'm going to be facing him in a couple weeks, you know, a little over a month, at uh, another show. So, just calling to okay. listen into him. I see. What's the uh, What's the other show uh, that you two are going to be wrestling each other at? Uh, it is going, I think it's called, and now you might have to help me with this one, Terry. Uh, it's Justin Fireball's Grindhouse, uh, oh, birthday bash. Yeah. yeah, extravaganza, there we go. A birthday, where, so, where's yeah, this event being held at? Tremont Music Hall in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Very cool, very cool, and I'm sure that, I'm sure that we will get an update on it, and we'll run down that show, uh, We'll run down that show as the date gets closer, but is it going to be a straight-up match for you guys? Do you know? Um, from uh, Well, Terry, go ahead. Tell them. Tell them, Terry. Well, I, from what I've been told is the loser gets five kendo stick lashes. Oh, Lord. More violence. So, violence begats violence. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's always violence, you know. It's almost a hate crime if you think about it. Uh, I say well, it's, it's hateful that they want this, us to take each other. I just can't get away from it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terry, in uh, the immortal words, in the immortal oh, words ahead, of Josie Wales. Okay, in the immortal words of Josie Wales, Terry. Sometimes trouble just follows a man. Yeah, that's very well true. Now, Eric. I did. On the flip side, yes, on the sir. flip side of that, though, if I remember right, going back through my mind, there was a young wrestler by the name of Tommy Dreamer that was involved in a a match that involved a kendo stick that actually launched his career, actually put him over. Yeah, that is, that is true. And you know, I mean, there's one thing about sleeves that not a lot of people know. I think that uh, every time, if I do lose this match, which I don't plan on losing. If I uh, if I get hit with this kendo stick, you know what? It might turn me on. I'm just oh, saying. God. I like pain. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that Terry appreciates that. <laughs> um, In that case, there could be another volunteer that's bashing you with it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to mention a show this weekend coming up. Uh, actually, I got two that uh, you might not have on your list. Go on and give them to me. All right, March 29th in Belmont, North Carolina. Uh, it's going to be Scars and Stripes at the Belmont National Guard Armory. 50% of all proceeds are going to go to the local food bank and to the crisis centers around the area. Uh, it's got a big card. They're going to crown the first ever Scars and Stripes uh, wrestling champion that night. Uh, a lot of people on the card, Zane Riley, uh, Drew Myers from PWX is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Mean Dean Richards is going to be there. Um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I think tickets are $10 or $12, one of the two. I'm not exactly sure. I think if you bring in a bag of non-perishable food items, that you get $2 off of ticket price. Um, next day, March 30th, Casey, uh, South Carolina, uh, at The Hangar, which is a bar down there. Uh, it's close to Columbia, South Carolina, home of the Gamecock, Go Cox. Um <clears throat> It's going to be Russell Force uh, presents Unleashed. Main event is going to be Caleb Conley, who is defending the right uh, newly won. Stop! 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 <laughs> stop! <laughs> stop! We were trying to go all night without that. <laughs> He's going to be going against Cedric Alexander, though. So. Bob, hang up on him. I should. I should. I should hang up right now. Damn it, Eric. 37 minutes into the show. 37 minutes into the show. I'm sorry. Go go on. Carry on. Forget it. It's already done now. It's already done. Go on. Also, the Bravardo brothers are going to be there, uh, and they're going to be facing uh, the team of the Love and Hate Machine, which is John Schuyler and Stephen Walters, who you talked about last week, who just got an NXT deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that'll that'll be a good show uh, down that way. Is that Eric? Just as out of curiosity, do you know if that's going to be his last indie appearance? I'm not exactly sure. Um, I haven't seen all his dates, but it might be. I'm not exactly sure, so don't quote me on it. Well, if you get down that way, reporting at the start of May. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I I know that they're they're pretty funny about that. I mean, once the pens put the paper, you know, they they want you to fulfill your commitments if you already have prior commitments. So. But you know, I'd be interested to know if he knows, and you want if you want to send us that information, if that's going to be his last one, or 
or what's going to be his last Stand show, so we can so we could get that Stand information by. out. To do what? I'm on it. Uh, I'm he's looking. already on. Terry's Terry's on it. He's above and below me. He's already he's already there. Yep. No, and to, and to be honest with you, I did have the the scars and stripes. I did have that down. Uh, I also uh, had down uh, another one that I thought that you were on, uh, and I might have had this mixed up. Aren't you? Are you on a card, Eric, for Saturday at the RCA Fairgrounds uh, and for Lawrence, Extreme Vintage Wrestling? Been, that show got uh, that company has uh, closed temporarily. Yes, the owner's daughter, the owner, he has a uh, daughter, and she had, um, she has gotten a mass on her liver, and he wow. uh, decided that he was going to close his doors for a little bit and dedicate his time to getting her better and healthy, and I uh, I applaud him for that, and I respect, him out, respect the hell out of him for that, because family does come first in this business, so. You're absolutely right, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm actually glad you called in because I would, I did have like I said, scars and stripes down. And I did have that other show down, uh, and then I did have Russell Force down, but because I I saw your name on it and I saw uh, Shannon Moore's name on it, uh, so that that's good to know. So, folks, if you were planning on going, we'll put it that way, planning on going to the Extreme Vintage Wrestling Show in Florence, South Carolina, uh, if you were holding the ticket for that, that show uh, has been postponed. Um, there, there was a phone number down there, but I'm not going to give it out because I don't want this phone number to get inundated. Uh, if you were, uh, if you are on Facebook, there were several Facebook posts about this show. So, uh, all you have to do is put in extreme vintage wrestling and I'm sure that something will come up on that. And you were right, Eric, on the scars and stripes wrestling show. If you bring in a non-perishable food item, you will receive $2 off on admission. That is at Belmont, North Carolina, at the Belmont National Guard Armory. Um, And the thing I I saw on that that was uh, pretty interesting was uh, there's a tournament, right, for the SSW Heavyweight Championship. Am I right in that? That's correct. And the final round round of that is a four-way ladder match. Oh, yes. So that should be, should be very cool. Uh, I'm coming to expect me to be in the water. <laughs> okay. What's that, Terry? Uh, I got it. Okay. He, um, after after WrestleForce, he's booked at the ECWA Super 8 Tournament in Delaware, April 5th, which he had stated that had been his lifetime dream as far as working on the Indies with that tournament. Okay. That's on April 5th, and then his last show is um, April 12th when Anarchy in Georgia. Okay, so if you're going to try to see Stephen before he heads off to report to NXT down in Florida, these are the shows that he's going to be at, and we're going we'll follow those up probably in the program. You know, the program's coming up over the next couple of weeks, but uh, certainly a tip of the hat. I sent him a message on his Facebook page, wished him the best of luck. Uh, you know that you know for all the all the grief that uh, that I can give and, and the fans can give the WWE. Uh, they have a state-of-the-art facility there, uh, and they will they will do what they do. They will continue to bring in the talent that they feel will propel them, you know, through the next you know the next series of fans and the fans that still hang around. But you know, state-of-the-art in 
and not only just you know equipment they have their own uh, on-site studio production facility um, if you've ever seen any of the videos on it you know what I'm talking about so certainly wish him the best of luck in that um, I'm going to track down a couple other things you going to stay and listen uh, Mr. Sleeves oh, now yes. that you've had your oh, yes. oh, had you had now that you've had your your five minutes Oh, I've had my five minutes in the sun. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> All right, boss. All right, boss. We'll talk to you in a minute. All right. Eric is always good for a call a week. Guaranteed. Big fan Indeed. of the show, big supporter of the show. Love Eric. I'll tell you what, that that, that whole shtick that he did for $5 at All Gimmicks Needed was absolutely freaking hilarious. It was funny, and he took it like a champ. So my hat's off to him. Anybody that can can do that is is fine in my book. Uh, let's see here. Extreme Outlaw Wrestling. <laughs> I agree. Extreme Outlaw Wrestling, Saturday, March 29th, Marshall County Fairgrounds in Holly Springs, Mississippi, 7.30 bell time, scheduled to appear. Johnny Morton, Chris Stiles, Paris Kelly, and many others. Um this is one that I I wanted to cover too, and I had never heard of this. This is another one. They just keep popping up out of the woodwork. Must be this time of year. Dark Horse Championship Wrestling, Sunday, March 30th, from Oil City High School in Oil City, Pennsylvania, 3 p.m. bell time. You can see stars like Kimberly, Adam Flash, Chris Taylor, Justin Idol, Sassy Stephanie, Mia Yim, and more. So. If you're in the Oil City, Pennsylvania area, which I'm going to presume that the town's named after oil because there's oil there, you can go and check that out. They have a website, darkhorsewrestling.com. So, I, mean, I don't think they're famous for chocolate. That's Hershey. It might be right beside of it, though. It, it could be. It might be mixing the two. I've never heard of it. I haven't either. I, like I said, I, I started going through and getting notifications. People were sending us stuff. And, folks, if you'd like to talk to Terry or myself, 213-816-1605. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, we'll have Seymour Snot from Gouge Wrestling with us. If you'd like to check us out on Twitter, our Twitter address is at From the Armory. Um, and, of course, you know, 30-some-odd minutes into the program, Eric had to ruin it. I, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, Lord, have my ass over this. Sunday, March 30th, again, from the hangar in Casey, South Carolina, 7 p.m. bell time. On the card, WrestleForce champion Caleb Conley, the Bravado brothers, Cedric Alexander, Zane Riley, Jackson James, many others. So if you're in the Casey, South Carolina area, you want to see some good wrestling, 7 o'clock, go to WrestleForce Unleashed. You can see Caleb freaking Conley. So, there you go. Thanks, Eric. Ass. That's what I know. That's what I know. See, and I promised myself, I promised myself that I wasn't going to talk about Caleb Conley this week. I wasn't going to do it. wasn't your fault. Well, he's like a ghost. He's like a ghost. Even when I, even when I don't talk about him, even even when I, I'm not even thinking about him, it's like, you know, it's it's like something else. It, it, it's this hypnotic effect that he's got on everybody. 
You know, and I and I and I've talked to about this Laura about this. Laura will defend him till the day that she dies with a shovel in her hand. She'll defend Caleb Conley. You know, Caleb Conley is is like a like a ghost. You know, I don't want to talk about him, and suddenly he appears. You know, it's it's almost like a Christmas Carol. You know, as a matter of fact, it's a Caleb Conley Carol. It's like the the, 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 the it's like the ghost of Caleb Conley. I don't know. At any rate, enough about him. Have you been uh, Have you been watching any of the Machine on TV, Terry? Been watching any WWE? Brother, I, I try, but usually by nine thirty, quarter to ten, I'm I'm looking at the back of my eyelids. I watched. You know, and I, I've broken my promise. I, I told people that I was not going to watch WWE anymore. Then the opportunity presented itself, and I bought tickets to WrestleMania. And yes, folks, I'll be in New Orleans. Uh, if there are any show listeners that, that are going to be in New Orleans for WrestleMania, I will be there. If you go to our Twitter account, follow us on Twitter. I'll be putting out tweets during WrestleMania. And we've got another surprise for you, but I'll save that for the end of the show. Um, I've watched a little bit on and off. Um, I just don't feel, I don't feel the hype between the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. I just, I just not, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I have, I have pretty much, yeah, I have zero respect for Brock Lesnar, uh, and I always take everything that Jim Cornette says with a, you know, with a grain of salt because Jim Cornette could talk for a week straight and probably not take a breath, and I think that he's done a shoot on everybody that's ever that he's ever worked with. Uh, and, and he, he has good things about wrestling. Yeah, he, he has good things to say about people, and and, and on, with, with Brock Lesnar, he had nothing but negative things to say. Uh, my my biggest problem with with guys like Brock Lesnar, and I've had this problem with The Rock. Uh, I had this problem with Dave Batista. Uh, I've had problems with with several others that have made a fortune in the WWE to go off and do another venture, whether it's MMA or be in movies or act on TV or you know, or do sing-alongs on the Disney Channel or, or whatever you want to call it. And then, miraculously, at a certain time period, and this isn't the case with Brock because he's been, you know, he's been wrestling on and off for over a year now. He's got a contract for so many days with WWE. But they come back at that miracle time that is WrestleMania, you know, and, and we get to see him. It's like The Undertaker. Everybody knows that The Undertaker, Undertaker wrestles one show a year, which is WrestleMania, He's in a program the month before. He'll wrestle maybe two weeks after, and then he's gone. You know, and that, and that you know, that that's fine. I mean, the, the Undertaker, uh, you know, he's he's getting up there in years. As a matter of fact, his birthday was this past Monday, and if I remember right, I think he's like forty-eight or forty-nine. So he's no way. Chick. Yes. He's got to be yeah. older than that. No, no. He's only like 48 or 49. He's only he's only a few years older than me. But of course, you know, he wrestled in an era with, you know, the WWE, uh, you know, 20 some odd years, you know, and this is no secret Terry, you know the kind of schedule that they keep, you know, where you're on the road for 320 some days a year, you know, sometimes wrestling you know, double shows, double tapings, you know. So, you know, a lot, a lot of miles, a lot of miles. 
But I just don't feel it between him and Brock Lesnar. You know, I, I could care less. You know, and then we have, you know, Triple H has inserted himself into the into this match, you know, and three-way match to, you know, or, or however it's going to work out. Daniel Bryant has to – he faces Daniel Bryant, the winner of that gets in, and put into a three-way match for the title. You know, there are some interesting things that are going on, and I'm not going to berate the WWE. I mean, they, they do what they do. My whole problem with the WWE has always been and continues to be that for the amount of programming that you get, you can compress three hours of what they do and have a half hour worth of quality television. And that's about it. The rest of it's filler and fodder. Very true. I haven't watched TNA and I can't tell you how long. That you know, I, that's just the way I that can it is. That. I I I right after Hogan left, which I'm not a Hulk Hogan mark, but after Hogan left, the writing was on the wall. You know, there were there were stories that that just didn't make any sense. You know, beginnings with no endings, endings with no beginnings. You know, and I just recently read that uh, Lady Tapa had parted ways with TNA. You know, and at first it was made that it was a mutual parting. And then there were some other reports that came out that basically was said that it wasn't so mutual. TNA pretty much just said, you know, we're, we're done here. You know, which, uh, you know, I, I got some flack. I, someone had put out, you know, well, you know, I don't understand how they could release her. Well, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, I don't know. You pair somebody as a bodyguard for the best female wrestler on the roster for a year and you don't give her a chance to shine in her own matches, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what they did. They paired her with Gail Kim, who is the best female wrestler in TNA, you know, in it, and, and I'll, I'll even go this far. She is the best female wrestler between the rosters of TNA and WWE. By far, you know, and you pair with her. What did you think was going to happen? Nothing. So you got what you got. Yeah. So I don't know. That that that's what I know about WWE and TNA. So I've you know, I I watched the TNA show since back before, probably back before our last, not this past one, but the one before that, I pay per view that we did for five dollar. I bet it's been that long since I've even seen it. I've had a chance. I've had the opportunity. I've had the privilege of talking with a lot of wrestlers. And my uh, a conversation always goes back to an interview that I did on another program or helped with an interview on another program with Larry Zabisco. And Larry gave some great insight into TNA and what happened to TNA. And, you know, I can't remember the exact question, but – it got around to, uh, you know, did what did TNA management ever feel that they would be able to catch up with the WWE? And Larry Zbysko said it point blank. At one point in time, TNA had everything in place to give WWE a run for its money, and they basically did what they've always done. They shot themselves in the foot. You know, at one point in time, there were enough things in place. But because of mismanagement, signing the wrong stars, booking the wrong matches, 
crazy-ass storylines that made no sense, TNA imploded on itself. And you know everybody, yep. and I'm, and you know there are there are wrestlers that I enjoy in TNA. I lo- I love Bobby Roode. I think Bobby Roode is the shit. But you know that, and there are some others. But I mean, here's the thing: if if you looked at Lockdown or saw the last pay per view that they had in Miami, which was Lockdown, I can tell you what the attendance figures were, folks. Nine hundred fifty. There you go. I can even tell you how many of those were paid tickets versus comp tickets, but I'm not going to do that because we, we don't run a dirt sheet show here. I'm just telling you that they are not drawing enough fans to, to make it count. And everybody says, well, if that were the case, why isn't TNA out of business? Well, again, the reason why TNA is not out of business is because Bob Carter, Dixie Carter's father, is a multi-millionaire. He's like a Ted Turner. And he has no problem in spending money in TNA as long as it keeps his daughter Dixie happy. The only thing that will cause TNA to completely go away is if they lose their television deal with Spike TV. If they lose their television deal with Spike TV, TNA, as you know it, will be over. When that happens... That's, that's what will cause the end of TNA, not because of poor attendance numbers, not because of poor ticket sales, poor merchandise sales, anything like that. It will be because they are not brought into homes televised. So that's Bob, what will cause Yes, sir. Bob? Yes, sir. What do you think will happen if that happens? Do you think Vince will buy them out or just let them fold? I think he'll just let them fold. I think that... I think that they have enough interest. I think they have enough vested interest in the WWE Network, in NXT. Uh, I think that they will do just like what the old territory way does. Because Vince still, even though he has several people around him that are moving the company forward, at least in a, uh, from a digital standpoint or in a social media standpoint, I still believe that Vince has his father's basic principles at heart when it comes to territory thinking based wrestling he will take who he wants and he will let the others go but do you not and think when everybody, he would do it just to get the, do you not think he'd do it just to get the video archive mm, that's a good question i i don't know I, I i don't know i don't think so i don't think so perhaps but in my heart of hearts not really because i mean i can think back over there were you know several decent you know, TNA uh, pay-per-views and, you know, several matches, but you have to go back a number of years. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. That's a good question. What do you think? I would think the only reason that he would would be for the video archive so they could, you know, he could link back with the Dudleys and, and Kurt and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have, have their whole careers. That's true. That's true. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, he could do it like what he did with ECW. He could buy it, let it try to stand on its own legs but not support it, re-sign the people he wanted to and let everybody else go, and then he just folds the brand in and he owns everything anyway. So, uh, if, he, if he would have put the right person in charge of that, that could have been more than what it was. It, it could still be very profitable. 
Well, you know, there's a name that comes to my mind. We're going to call Seymour Snot here in just one second. There's a name that comes to my mind that already worked for TNA that they pushed out the door. If you wanted TNA turned around, the only person that you would need to bring in would be Paul Heyman. That's somebody else that ain't doing too bad on his own right now? Who's that? Tommy Dreamer. That's true. That's true. House of Hardcore, pretty big. Getting bigger. A lot of good talk about that up there. So let's make a phone call, Terry. Excellent. Let's see see if we can get this guy on the line. Make sure I do this right here. I always screw this up. Hello? Hello? Would this be Mr. Seymour Snot? This is Mr. Seymour Snot. Mr. Snot, this is Bunkhouse Bob, live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. How are you, sir? I'm doing very good. Good to speak to you. It's very good to speak to you as well. With me uh, in the studio tonight is uh, none other than uh, Terry Houston. He's uh, filling in as a guest co-host tonight because Laura is away on business. So he is in here with us as well. All right. Very How good. Doing, Very good. <laughs> All right. So I am free. I'm here to ask what you know, whatever you want to ask. I'm I'm open for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you uh for taking the time to be with us tonight. Um Oh, you're very like- welcome. I I, I know that the listeners, and I'd like to tell the listeners that um, I, I read your Facebook posts. I follow you on Facebook, or we're friends on <laughs> Facebook. And uh, your Facebook posts have to be some of the funniest things that I have ever read. And that, that's no joke. That's not ass-kissing. That's just you, you have an incredible sense of humor. And I was watching a couple of your matches on YouTube over the weekend, and uh-huh. I see that I see that you have some of that comedy style in the ring as well when Uh you uh did you think that you would use a wrestling comedy angle from the get-go when you were involved when you when you first got into wrestling um no i didn't i had no clue what i was going to first do when i first started kind of weird because like the gimmick was just thrust upon me so um when i first started i was actually in um in wrestling school and they we were all, I mean, we were screwing around, and they uh, they said, well, put a pair of glasses on, you know, so-and-so, and I put on a pair of glasses on, and I said, that's it, that'd be a great thing, if you'd be a wrestling nerd, and at first, I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this, and then, as time went on, you start realizing there's easier ways, you know, there's ways that you can work this and kind of be different, rather than be just like everybody else that's out there. All right. So you 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 thought right off the bat when they were going to do when this was going to go on that this wasn't going to work. Well, the the thing was that um, there was a, there was actually another guy that started with me and his name was Scott Snot and they changed his name to George C Snot and then they decided so well, you're going to be Seymour Snot we were supposed to be a, a heel tag team 
But what happened was, like, the fans thought it was kind of funny because it was like, oh, look at these two, you know, these nerds, you know, they're in there fighting all these big guys and stuff, you know. So we started getting more over as baby faces. And this is, like, going back to, like, 1999 and stuff. So, like, you know, that's how long I've been wrestling for and so like um when that started happening you know there was george c snot well he got hurt so we brought in another guy and he was this big uh fat kid and we called him big peter snot so um it just continued to grow it was kind of like the the uh less hip version of like the dudley boys if you know and so we just started playing around with that and eventually it just caught on and uh i ended up coming here to north carolina and the uh, promoter that I started working for, uh, he loved the gimmick. And he says, you know, you've got a gimmick, and, you know, most guys don't. He says, this is fun to watch. So I started adding, you know, like the silly string. And, you know, I watched stuff from, like, the Three Stooges and the 60s Batman show. And I said, well, I could put that in a wrestling match. I mean, that's entertaining to watch. So that was pretty much how I came to be. So... I know that you had mentioned that you had started started out in 2009. What was your introduction to wrestling? How did you how did you even get involved? Was this a you know a childhood dream for you, or was this something that just kind of landed in your lap and said, "Well, I'll give this a try"? Well, actually, I, I've been a wrestling fan probably since I was about 10 or 11, and uh, me and one of my friends that I grew up with in the neighborhood. I mean, we you know we had the the WWF wrestling dolls and we had like you know we used to have like the action figure wrestling league and we had backyard wrestling and stuff and we were always trying to do like the stuff we saw on television and you know and so it was just one of those things and then when I got into high school I wrestled a little bit and um so finally what happened was when I got out I ended up going into the air force and I was doing that for a couple years and uh this was probably about 1995 and uh I looked in the back of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and there was this ad for about a book that, you know, was like, do you want a career in professional wrestling? And I'm like, well, this would be cool. So I sent away, and it was a book written by uh, Paul Bear or Percy Pringle III and Dennis Brandt, and it was kind of like how you could get introduced to the world of wrestling, which back then, you know, it was still very closed. You know, everything wasn't right. all over the Internet. So I sent away for this book, and... I must have sent out 10 or 12 letters to these wrestling schools at the time. And, of course, you know, it was still very, uh, it was still very closed. You know, it wasn't very open as, you know, a lot of things are today. So um, I just sent away for stuff, and eventually I got a letter in the mail from, uh, it was a school up in Northern California. And, I mean, I was probably about 140 pounds at the time, and I was real small. And uh, they were kind of, they were telling me, they said, well, you know, it's like size isn't really so much of an issue because, you know, we train the guys much like we do, in, you know, they do in Japan and Mexico and stuff. And they had this wrestler there, and his name was Matt Heisen, and they were very, very high on him and stuff. So I was like, well, you know, I've got to go over to England for a couple of years for, my, for the military. And what ended up happening was Matt Heisen ends up going to the East Coast and becomes Spike Dudley for ECW. So... I was like, okay, this might be the wrestling school to go to. They trained the smaller guys, and eventually they got Crash Holly into WWF. So I was like, all right, I'm going here. So that was uh, that was in the summer of 1998. And so uh, 
I ended up leaving. Uh, I got out of the Air Force. I ended up going back home to Pennsylvania, drove across the country to California, and I started uh, training at the school in California. What what school did you go to, Mike? Uh, that was the uh, APW boot camp. That was the one that's featured at the beginning of uh, Beyond the Mat. I'm familiar with that. And uh, matter of fact, Terry had had a question for you on that. I know that he he had mentioned it to me. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, um, I, I was just a big Mike, Mike Modest Mark when I was coming in, and I came in in '98 too in October, and mm-hmm. you know that's when he was you know running all over the Indies, and and you know he was all everything back then. So what was, what was your time like working with him back then? Uh, he was an excellent trainer. I mean, he was um, he lived in the gym. I lived in the gym. Um, the late Bison Smith lived in the gym. I mean, we all lived in this warehouse and in this industrial complex down in Hayward, California. And it was like, it was it was so like so much like this uh, kind of like a monk-like existence. You know, you, you you go to work, you come back to the school, you train all day or train all night, and then it's like, you know, you get up in the morning and repeat the process. And Mike was an excellent trainer and. You know, he got me to, you know, he was really good at helping, you know, getting you motivated and um, just pushing you to actually want to work and, you know, succeed. Because, I mean, the uh, classes that we had back then, I mean, there was probably about 35, 40 guys going through a wrestling time. And week by week, guys were dropping off. But Mike was very, uh, you know, he he was the one who actually got me to, um, you know, he helped me like... uh, uh, start throwing my forearms the way I do. So I, I don't like punch too much in my matches, but I do a lot of forearms. So, but uh, Mike was just and once you get in the ring with Mike, I mean he's like one of those guys. Like, I mean he'll suplex the hell out of you. So it's <laughs> one way to one way to look at it. But um, he was an excellent trainer. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have traded it. Every you know he was great to be around, and I was very proud to be trained by him. One of the uh, one of the things that Terry and I had talked about um, beforehand was Roland Alexander, and I'm going to use a, a broad brush of the stro- uh, broad stroke of the brush here. Uh, how do you feel that Roland was portrayed in in Beyond the Mat? What was your take on it? Um, you know, the, the thing was was like. You, you know, the the thing was, it was so funny because, I mean, I spent so much time with Roland, and it was like, you know, like, there's there's good parts, there's bad parts, um, and you, you kind of want to dwell on the fact that there was a lot of, you know, there was times, like, when you go out with him, I mean, he, he'd crack you up because he had the, the whole mentality of, like, the old school wrestling promoter. You know, I mean, we'd go out to eat places and, you know, like he would dress down like the waitresses and stuff and you're like, oh, Jesus, you know, we're going to get, someone's going to get their food spit in because, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what he did. But, you know, um, the best way to describe him is he was just a, he was just a real colorful character to be around. And I think for a lot of guys that never, like, it's a good experience to be around someone like that because it kind of gives you that that experience in wrestling. Like, okay, not everybody that you're going to be dealing with. Like sometimes, and I feel this is true, I think sometimes promoters have to go out there and be, you know, they have to be pricks or they have to be assholes because the boys are just going to walk all over them, you know? So that, that's pretty much my take on it, so... 
right, now I even, think, I even is, go ahead, Terry. That's that's a lot of it too on the indie circuit. That's when that's when the inmates run the asylum, and and you know the once that happens, promoter don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. And what that that's what I was getting ready to say. I even think that in the, in the action in in the in the movie that. There's even a there's even talk about that. It flashes back and forth between Roland and Vince McMahon, and Vince mm-hmm. McMahon saying something like that that um, from a promoter standpoint that uh, certain wrestlers their egos can get as such that you know so on and so forth. And he starts to you know you know look at the monster I created. Blah blah blah. I think the thing I remember going to the movie theater with my with my buddy Jeff, and we watched that. And my whole thing was is that I didn't know whether to with Roland and the way that he was portrayed in the movie. I didn't know whether to to smile along with him and and, and feel like he was really had everybody's best interest at heart, or if at times seemed like there could be something shady going on. You know that that's the way at least it was to me in my opinion portrayed in the movie. And then, of course, later on, you know, we found out, you know, more about about the entire movie itself, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and showing Mike going and getting his tryout and uh, so on and so forth. Um, when was the last time that you spoke to Mike Modest? Oh, uh, it was probably about, I want to say, maybe nine years ago. I think he's in Vegas now, so I might see him this summer when I go to Cauliflower Alley. So um, okay. hopefully I get to see him because, I mean, he's, you know, he was a fun guy to be around, you know, and and he did like, um, I mean, he was just, you know, when I was around him and I told someone about this, it's like when I was, when I was kind of coming up as a rookie and stuff, like, you know, he was in matches, you know, the main event matches where he was working guys like Donovan Morgan or Christopher Daniels or whatever, and so you're you know, you're a young guy, you're on the bottom rung, but you're seeing that as the main event, and you're like, wow, I really want to aspire to be that good because, you know, you see someone out there and he's as as he's working and stuff like that, you're like, okay, you know, that's what I have to work my, le- you know, go rise up to that kind of level. So um, he, was, uh, he was just an excellent trainer. Very cool. You had, you had mentioned something, and, and there, there always seems to be, at least from my my angle, there there always seems to be a couple of questions that that always come back around because you know everybody seems to talk about them. You had mentioned you know, back when the business seemed more closed uh, versus more open as it is today with the internet and and God knows I'm guilty of it. You know the the IWC, the internet wrestling community, and the uh, the thumb thugs and the keyboard warriors and so on and so so forth. Do you feel that that the internet has hurt or helped wrestling, one way or the other, more or less? Um, you know, the, the thing is, it, it's good exposure. You know, it's fantastic exposure. But then it's also like, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it like, you know, you, you have guys, some guys that are trying to put themselves over on stuff, and it's like, well, does that really sell tickets? You know, and and really, the thing is, is like. I look at it like, okay, here's the shows that I'm going to be at, you know, come on out for whatever. And, you know, some guys want to push these, like, internet feuds, and it's like, come on, you know, how how can you push a feud with some guy that you're friends with on Facebook, you know? <laughs> I mean, right, I mean, right. You know, like, I mean, come on, it's like, 
you know, it's like, oh, I really hate that guy's guts. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tear him a new one this weekend. And it's like, well, if you go on your pictures, you guys are shaking hands right there. So where's the, you know... So I don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's a double-edged sword. It's good promotion. It's great for the fans to get involved with. But then then there's times where it's like, okay, this is kind of getting a little bit uh, ridiculous. So I mean, I just kind of like there. You kind of have to you kind of have to draw a line somewhere in there, you know. I guess. Yeah, coming up from where you came from with APW and and Mike and Roland and all that, do you feel in? in the matches that, that you've worked, you know, on the indie scene, do you think that there is a, um, that, that ring psychology is kind of a lost thing? I know Terry, I've talked with Terry about this and Big Donnie and a bunch of other guys that, that ring psychology has kind of gotten lost in the mix uh, versus having a match where it's, uh, you know, a 100% spot fest or, you know, it's some some t- over the top gimmick type match that that ring psychology has taken a back seat in indie wrestling. Yeah, that's like one thing too. Like I, I noticed, like um, and, it, and I've, I've seen it before. It's like a lot of guys, you know, like if you know, like I was telling one guy about being a heel, and it's like, you know, if you're going to be a heel, you know, cheat for Christ's sake. You know, I mean, you're the, you know, you're not like the the saint. You know what I'm saying? You know, and and with baby faces, you know, like I was basically told one thing when I started wrestling, and I was like, I was, I was told the one thing it was like, baby faces sell, heels bump, you know, and it's like, you, you know, you watch some of these guys, and it's like, uh, you know, I don't, you know, baby, you know, baby face that doesn't sell. I mean, that was Ricky Morton's whole career, you know. <laughs> right. Right. So, so like, you know, if you don't. I, I think it's just there's there's too many guys that are like they're they're caught up in the current product and there's really nothing really wrong with being watching it or anything like that but it's like you know I mean and I'm kind of glad you know WWE's like they're showing the old stuff on their network and that so maybe the good part of the whole thing is you're going to create a whole new generation of wrestling fans that are going to appreciate the older stuff as they start watching it and, you know, maybe the WWE will start incorporating some of that stuff. So it's just one of those things where, you know, the next generation of, uh, rest, you know, wrestlers or whatever, you know, maybe you'll see some of that old school stuff coming back, hopefully. So, but, um, Do you as far as, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't pay for the tickets, so, you know, but, um, that's probably a good thing, brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of that, that kind of. Do you think it's possible, Seymour, to to pull back from that blurred line of the the anti-hero hero? I mean, we go back. You know, at least I go back. I remember, you know, the you know the the, the Steve Austin. You know, the the whole. You know, at first he was booked to be a you know, a heel, and miraculously everybody got behind of it and turned him into a baby face no matter what he did, you know, right. and they just kind of rode with it, you know, and it just went, you know, through the roof. you think it's possible? I mean, it's like, you know, uh, I, I watched this past week, and I'm just going to use this as an example, you know, uh, of course you always get the boo-hoos and you get split crowd for John Cena, uh, mm-hmm. who is, you know, the you know he is, he is the franchise of the WWE versus – 
you know, a member of the Wyatt family, and, you know, they're just cheering lights out for the Wyatt family who are, are, are billed as these spooky guys, you know, cult-like thing, and against John Cena. Do you think that those blurred lines will, will ever become clear for people again? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a hard thing, and, and really I think a lot of it, excuse me, depends on really on society. And, you know, as society right now, I mean, you look at like the – it, it's kind of like back when Austin was getting over huge in the Attitude Era, you know, generally, I mean, everybody in America and stuff, you know, we all hated our bosses and we all wanted to see really the, you know, kind of the underdog badass win, you know. And and today it's it's kind of hard because it's like, you know, really like Daniel Bryan is kind of like the, he's he's kind of typical of what, you know, he's he's kind of almost like that that nerd, you know, he's not the biggest guy, he's got a beard, you know, and crowd just loves the hell out of him and, and you know, I think it's one of those things like they're kind of teasing everybody of when they're gonna finally pull the trigger on this guy, you know. So um as far as like what the crowd you know, what we want, I mean, what the crowd wants and everything, it's just I I don't know, I mean it really is going to depend on what society wants in general, you know, what's going to be the next big thing that's, like, over in mainstream media, you know what I'm saying? And Vince will find whatever it is, and he'll capitalize on it. So, you know, who knows? I mean, right now, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, I think Daniel Bryan is kind of almost like this hipster nerd, I guess. So. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's obviously the mold, the anti-mold. He is everything that mm-hmm. most people, you know, at least from, from my perspective, that Vince has promoted the last 40-some-odd years that he's been in business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you had the, you know, the muscle-bound guy, six foot four, six foot five, you know, mm-hmm. arms, arms bigger around than my midsection. And then you've got Daniel Bryan, you know, the guy's mm-hmm. got long hair, scruffly beard, you know, he's five foot something, you know, a hundred and something, you know, the, it goes exact opposite of what, of of his whole booking philosophy, his whole franchise philosophy. But the difference maker is, is that I think, and, this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the fans know his ability from where he came from. He's, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's fan familiar and, and people love him in that underdog role. Yeah, that's, you know, you brought up a good point about like, what the fans know, and I think, like, I think that's something that's kind of missing today because, you know, if you go back to when, when the WWE uh, really succeeded and really went over, like, in the late 80s, you had you had so many guys that probably had more than 10 years' experience, territory guys. You know, you had Junkyard Dog, Rick Rude, Ted DiBiase, um, you know, Hulk Hogan, that, Randy Savage, all those guys were from these smaller, you know, they worked all over these territories and they were known to the fans and stuff. And today, really, you don't really have that unless guys work for, like, Ring of Honor or Chikara or anything. And when the WWE takes their guys from, like, straight-up developmental, um, and, you know, like, this was one thing with, with John Cena was, like, you know, he pretty much worked a couple indies and then, you know, he was in Ohio Valley for a few years, and then they brought him out on right. television. So I don't think they 
the fans really ever got comfortable with him. So, but you know, like he moves merchandise, and you know, I I mean, he's pretty much Vince's big star as far as a name goes, you know. And you know, I can't really I can't really diss him too hard because you know I've I've wrestled him before, and he was a he's a hell of a nice guy. So that's all I can really say. I mean, I knew him in California, so, but um. You know, he, he wants to go out there and perform and, and do whatever. And, you know, you kind of have to almost hand it to the guy for being the workhorse that he is. So even though, like, the fan, I don't think the fans 1,000% appreciate it, but he does, he does get a reaction from them. So that's, that's one thing I'm sure Vince looks at. He's like, oh, look at the crowd. You know, they're, they're just going crazy, booing Cena. Oh, you know, and I'm sure – he may not like that he's getting booed, but the crowd's into him. So, <laughs> well, then, and we've we've talked about that before. You know, a lot of you know, wrestling is supposed to invoke some type of emotion, whether it's good or bad. And I I always sit and uh, look on my social media feed on Monday night, the amount mm-hmm. of spew <laughs> that comes out. You know, uh, and and I'm guilty of it too. I can't believe this. You know, what kind of crap is this? You know, and. Uh, <laughs> But yet we tune in every week. You know, it's uh, right, right. The, the old, the old serial soap opera. You know, we can mm-hmm. we can bitch up a storm, but nobody's changing the channel. You know, uh, right. And, and and then the thing that you had mentioned about John Cena, and I've said this on this program, and I'll say it again: for everything that John Cena isn't, John Cena is. There will never mm-hmm. be another John Cena in the WWE. A lot of people felt there would never be a Hulk Hogan. And I'm here right. to tell you that John Cena has surpassed Hulk Hogan, not just in oh, merchandise sales, not just in merchandise sales, but for what he's done, not only inside the WWE but outside the WWE. There will never right. be another, never be another John Cena. But yeah. um, go ahead. Yeah, he's like I mean, you know, one thousand percent company man, and I think like that's the thing, like. Vince looks for, and, you know, like, and I, I explained it to someone one time, and I said, you know, there'll be the John Cena era, and then in a few years, he will slowly go away, and there will be a new era from someone else, you know, and it just, that's just how it works, you know, I mean, there was the Bruno era, there was the Backlund era, there was the Hogan era, there was, you know, the 90s with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and then there was Steve Austin and Rock, so it just, it's going to be whoever... Uh, Vince and Triple H and Stephanie Dean, that's going to be the person to carry the company next. So, Is there anybody out there that you see, Mike, that is that has potential for that? Or, or is, there, is there anybody at all that, 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 that comes to mind that you can think of? You know, from like the, from the amount of wrestling that I've watched, I mean, I can't really... I can't really pinpoint it on anybody because it's it's so hard. And you know, like I'm sure I'm sure there were fans and everyone going back into the early '80s, you know, wondering what was going to happen after Bob Backlund. Because if, if you remember going back, you know, there was that whole era in the early '80s where Backlund started getting booze, you know, and and people were like waiting for him to lose the title and they were starting to get behind guys like Jimmy Snuka and, um, you know, Sergeant Slaughter and stuff. And then Hulk Hogan 
walks out of the AWA, walks right into the WWE, and he's the champ. So it's just, it's really one of those hard things to pinpoint on, um, you know, but it's got to be someone that's, uh, you know, that I think it's going to be someone we don't expect, and he's going to get over huge with the crowd, and hopefully they'll they'll see it and they'll they'll you know knight him the you know the leader of whatever they're gonna whatever the next big marketing campaign is going to be. If you had told me in WCW era that Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, when they were the Hollywood Blondes, that just a few short years later that Steve Austin would be in the WWF at that point in time and have the best-selling shirt to surpass the Hulkamania shirt with the Austin 316 shirt, I'd have laughed in your face. Oh, I agree. I mean, you know what I mean? I, 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 would, I would have thought Steve Austin never would have got further than, like, the Intercontinental title. Right, right. I, I agree absolutely. So you're right. It... It takes a special magic mix, and, I, and I've said it before. I don't know that there is not one person that comes to mind that I can think of that is that that you can just hand pick like that. You know that I can just pull out of air. You know that that is ready for not only that type of responsibility, but that type of pressure because there has to be an enormous amount of pressure on, oh, on a guy like John Cena, you know, or or, or something like that. But Tell us a little bit. I know that I know that you're wrestling currently for Gouge Wrestling. What other promotions mm-hmm. are you wrestling for? Um, I'm doing a couple promotions. There's one called Coastal Plains. I've done a couple shows for um, Big Time Wrestling out in Moxville, North Carolina. Um, I haven't I haven't traveled too much uh, lately, mostly just because I have a you know I have a regular day job. So like mm-hmm. a lot of times, and plus it's like. You know, when you travel, it's like you kind of want to travel with someone. You know, you don't want to be on that road alone. And I mean, I've been doing this for uh, 15 years, so it's like you start feeling it a little bit more. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable, um, you know, trying to settle, you know, get gouge into something around here in uh, Raleigh in the area here. So um, I don't have any complaints about it or anything like that. So, but um. You know, some of the stuff, like, I've gone up to, like, Virginia and Tennessee, you know, over the past few years. So it just really depends on uh, getting out there a little bit. I don't know. I'd like to go up north a little bit more. But as we all know, you know, winter hasn't ended yet. So <laughs> that's, that's very true. That's very true. And I know that I know that Laura had wanted me to ask you, and she apologizes that she could not be on the program tonight. Um, she had a, a commitment with work that uh, could not uh, allow her to be here tonight. But she wanted me to ask you, and I, and I hope I'm wording this right, because she had said, do you think that wrestling is on the same popularity level as the comic book world is? Or do you think, you know, can it be uh, as popular as the comic book world? I'm not, I'm not quite sure where she was going with the question, because I know that she shares a love of comics uh, along with you. Uh, I'm, do you feel it's on that, that same type of level? I, I don't know as far as fanaticism is concerned. I think maybe it's where um, she was going with it. Um, you know, the, the thing is, and, and um, some of the stuff I want to say, it's like um, one of the promotions I'd love to work for is Chikara because I think I think that kind of 
has a little bit more comic book entertainment than like WWE has. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that's you know it, it is what it is, and I think sometimes you have to be different than everybody else. You know, you can't have, you know, I, I think if you have too many of the same promotions running, it's like you get stale, you know, it gets stale or whatever. But um, I think wrestling, especially the way that uh, WWE has marketed itself over the last couple of years, and I'm not going to, you know, um, it, it, I mean, wrestling to me has always been a comic book. I mean, it's guys wearing tights beating the hell out of each other. It's like a comic book. But um, to achieve the popularity and stuff, um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a good question. I mean, but the thing is, is like, do people really, I mean, they draw big crowds, they sell merchandise. I think, you know, comic books sell merchandise just as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got a, a weekly television program. So I, I'd have to say, I'd say maybe wrestling's just a little bit behind, but that's just because I think that comic books are a little bit more um, accessible to all ages. You know, people still, I, I think there's still parents out there and people that still say, oh, wrestling, you know, it's so barbaric and everything. And really, if you watch, you know, you, you do watch it now, you know, it's not as far, you know, you know, Monday Night Raw isn't as violent as like ECW was like in the mid-90s, you know. Right. So uh, I, I, I'd have to say it's probably about even. You know, there's fan fest for comic books, there's fan fest for wrestling. I think you can pretty much combine the two a lot of the times because, you know, really, um, I was a huge, I was a huge Japanese wrestling uh, fan when I was like, especially in the early '90s. And you know, like when I was watching guys like Liger and stuff like Jushin Liger out there, I was like, holy crap! I go, you know, he's wearing like almost like a comic book like a superhero outfit he's out there and he's doing all this great cool right. stuff and it was like that was like one of my my biggest like i was like wow you know this is like this is great because it it, it combines you know comic books cartoons and pro wrestling into one package so i i have to say you know it, you know comic books are a little bit higher but you know wrestling's not far behind so it's it's definitely on the same playing field i mean you walk into a walmart you're going to still see you know, you see the Superman or the Spider-Man and the Marvel superheroes right next to the WWE stuff. So it's pretty right. much an even playing ground now. So, do you think it? Do you think it kind of crossed over? Uh, not not so much with the the, the cartoons that, that that some of the promotions have put out over the years, but do you think that it, it helped cross over with the action figures and uh, the amount of? Uh, I don't know, collectability that some of them garnered over the years. I mean, I, I know myself, I, I remember when, when Jax came out with the first lines and they were only advertised on, like, WWE programming. And uh, I hate to say this, I, I have a collection that's in another location, and I, I, I still know that I have, like, the King of the Iron Rung set. That's from, like, 1997. Do you, do you think that it started to get that kind of, kind of crossover appeal? I, I think it did, and I think what happened was I think when the Attitude Era came with, like, Austin and The Rock, I think that pretty much, you know, that that was pretty much, like, the big explosion right there because, you know, like, you didn't really see. I mean, you saw it once in a while, you know. I mean, wrestling was pretty big, but then all of a sudden when the Attitude Era came, and then you had WCW and you had ECW and had, you know, and, and really that was really when uh, – I think indie wrestling was really at its peak because you had these three promotions 
but then once in a while you might see a guy from uh, ECW on an indie show on the weekend, you know. So I think wrestling was a lot bigger in the uh, in the late 90s, and it, you know, especially, I mean, but today, you know, WWE just runs every, you know, it ran everybody out, so it, it pretty much is the place to go. But um, I think the Attitude Era definitely blew things up for for everybody. What do you what do you think of the state of indie wrestling right now? I mean, I'm I'm pretty ecstatic with the way that things are uh as far as the number of promotions, the number of quality promotions uh that are available to fans. Uh ticket pricing seems to be kept in check and, you know, reasonably affordable for for someone to go out and, and catch a good indie show. What what are your thoughts on the state of independent wrestling right now? Um, you know, I, I don't think it's really too bad or anything. I think it's that um, it, it just it needs more exposure. Um, you know, some guys, I mean, like, er, everyone kind of has their different views of it. And there's really, like, you know, like, you know, there's, like, some people that's, you know, it's like you can have shows and you don't have to be the same show that everybody else runs. You know, you can have a a show with gimmicks. You can have a show that's uh, wrestling, you know. Um, I was always I was always brought up, and when I first got into wrestling, I was always told your ideal wrestling card was almost to look like the circus. You know, you, you have a comedy match, you have a hardcore match, you have a wrestling match, you know, and, and you, diff, you, know, you make everything different so the fans don't see the, the same thing for the whole night, you know. Um, right. I, I think that um, overall, I don't think it's as, as bad as a lot of people say it is. But you know, you do get some, you know, you do get some shows where guys, you know, there are guys that aren't trained or they're, you know, they're just, you know, it's like okay, you know, really, <laughs> you know. But that's just the way I was brought up, you know. And um, right. I think some of the stuff out there, some of the stuff I've seen, I'm like wow, you know, like, there's some good stuff out there, there's some bad stuff out there, so you kind of have to take it all with a grain of salt, but really the best thing to do is just, um, I think that really, you know, fans just got to go out there and support it, you know, because, you know, some of these guys out there, I mean, some guys don't, you know, they don't want to promote or they say, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do anything, and it's like, well, that's, you know, that's five or six people that may not see a poster or something that, you could be drawing to a crowd, you know. So. Right. Then they complain what? about the attendance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what uh, what what events do you have coming up, Seymour, so that we can let the fans know? Um, on April 3rd at the Maywood in Raleigh, we have Eat the Turnbuckle, which is going to be, there's going to be a heavy metal show going on, and they'll be wrestling with that too, and that's going to be on a Thursday night, so. Uh, it should start at about 7 o'clock. Okay. And then uh, on April 11th uh, in Creedmoor, we're going to have something funky in Granville County. So that'll be a gouge show at the Creedmoor High School. And uh, okay. that'll be at 7 o'clock too. And then uh, the next day on April 12th, we'll have that Wassling Rabbit. And uh, that'll be in Fuquay Varina at the Gouge Lucha Dome in the uh, flea market in Fuquay, and that'll start about one o'clock in the afternoon. Very, very cool, Seymour. I certainly appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. I had uh, a great time talking to you. 
Oh, thank you. I was, I'm very, you know, it's great to be on here. Can I, uh, can I close with a quick story? Yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead. Okay. Well, this was like in March of 2000, and um, what happened at the time was uh, this was like basically how far behind WCW was. Um, as we all know, like in the late 90s, WWE was getting all the indie wrestlers like Edge and uh, Prince Albert and all those guys, and so. WCW decides to start looking for any guys, so they sent Jim Barnett, the legendary promoter, uh, out on a tour so that he could find indie guys to bring into WCW, and this is like a year before they went under. So right. we had a show in San Lorenzo, California, and Jim Barnett comes to the show, and he was there with Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Matches the Snot Brothers against the Ballard Brothers, and so we're wrestling. And apparently, and this is a story that I was told, and Melcher has repeated it numerous times, was that when we came out to wrestle, uh, my partner at the time was George C. Snot, and of course Jim Barnett made a comment because he goes, George C. Snot. Well, I can't hire him because he would offend George C. Scott, you know. And it was of course going to the Turner stuff. So then he finds out my name, which, of course, you know, he says, well, who's that? And he says, his partner. And he says, well, that's Seymour Snot. And Jim Barnett goes, oh, Seymour Snot. He goes, that's the most disgusting name I've ever heard. And I was like, thank you very much. Jim Barnett thought I had the most disgusting name in professional wrestling. So that was my, that's my little claim to fame. And it, it is so offensive that Les Thatcher will not say my name. So... <laughs> he refuses to say my name. He wanted me booked. He wanted me on the Fan Fest show down in Charlotte for Greg Price just so that I could work and he could kayfabe my name the whole match. <laughs> That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh we certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your out of your schedule and 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 being with us tonight. Uh, we'll get uh, we'll get your links up on the website tonight. Uh, I know that you're on Twitter and it's at, at mm-hmm. Seymour Snot, and I also know that mm-hmm. you're on Facebook. Uh, right. We'll uh, we'll put that information out uh, for the fans if they'd like to connect with you. Uh, and sure. Yeah, I really I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Uh, you had some great stuff, some great insight into uh, into the world of wrestling, and and I always appreciate that. It's always Always refreshing to have somebody come on and and be in be in an engaging conversation. So I I appreciate that. I had a great time. It was great to talk to you guys. It's great to talk to you, Bob, Terry. Same thing. Appreciate it, Bob. Now, if you could do me one last favor, Seymour, I'd greatly appreciate it. Okay. You do us uh, record a little bump for us to say this is Seymour Snot. You're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show, and you can go whenever you're ready. All right. This is Seymour Snot, the geek with the physique, and you're listening to live from the Armory on Wrestling Radio. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate your time. You're very welcome. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And there he goes, folks. That's pretty cool, Terry. Yeah, he's all right, dude. Yeah, you know, I I did not realize, uh, and I know Laura's just going to be kicking herself in the the butt with her right foot 
you know, she's going to be walking along and sweeping her leg up, kicking herself in the rear end. I did not realize that he had worked with John Cena. That's that's very cool. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he started out there. That's where he got seen. Yeah, yeah, and I remember, and uh, and we had we had talked about this before on the program. You know, you know, John gets on you know Monday nights and says, you know, I've been busting my ass here for 12 years, and and people don't realize or you know they've forgotten. Uh, in Ohio Valley Wrestling, uh, he wrestled underneath the name The Prototype uh, and, you know, had a really short cropped haircut. Uh, I believe it was blonde, uh, wore like some atrocious purple shorts, you know, something like that. Looked like a lime green. Clean. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think people realized, you know, that he toiled away in Ohio Valley Wrestling for a while, you know, and... Uh, you know, he you know he came up just like everybody you know, or like like most others. You know, he he did work, you know, did go to wrestling school, did work the independents, you know, and even though Ohio Valley was considered, you know, the farm league of the WWE at that point, you know, at that point in time, you know, he still was you know wrestling that small circuit, you know, in in the Kentucky area. Uh, who would have known, you know, that fourteen, fifteen years later, you know, John Cena would still be around and and be considered the, uh, you know, the franchise of the WWE, you know, but he is. So I really liked, uh, you know, what he had to say, you know, about Mike. Uh, you know, you and I talked about it before, you know, I, and, and and thinking back over that now, I, I remember the um, the segments that they showed with Mike when he was training guys, you know, about, you know, going in, you know, for, you know, certain moves about, body placement and you know having their head up looking up instead of looking down and you know just different things like that and uh you know what was impressed with that you know and and obviously you know his dedication to things so uh very cool yeah, it, it, you know even even you know that's a lost art these days too and crystal can verify we were watching an old nwa thing the other day with johnny weaver on it mm-hmm. and um he come in the ring and put this kid in a headlock, and the guy was looking straight down at his toes. Johnny right. let go of the headlock, grabbed his chin, pulled his chin up, and then put the headlock right back on him. Right. I was to like, have him look, that. To have him look up so that the crowd, so he could give some type of facial expression, you know, That's to right. do, do something, you know, to do something to show the fans, like, this guy's got me in a vice, and my head's getting ready to pop off my shoulders. I like what he said yeah. about uh, about bad guys bumping and baby faces selling, you know, and he mentioned Ricky Morton, and, you, and you've known Ricky for a long time. And, you know, and, and this goes back to, to tag team wrestling 101, you know, Ricky Morton taking the, the better part of the beating for 12 or 15 minutes, you know, and getting the hot tag into Gibson. I mean, that's classic Rock yep. and Roll Express, like I said, tag team wrestling 101. And he's right. Yep. I mean, you know. Ricky Morton made a career out of selling. That he did. And did yeah. it night after night. Right. And I know that he's uh there are some events that are coming up and I know that uh I know that Ricky's gonna be at one of them I know of for sure, um, is gonna be April the fourth in Chalmette, Louisiana, for the Mid South uh Legends Fan Fest at the Seeger Center. I know that Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson Jim Cornette, um, several others from 
from the mid south era will be there um you know and that 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 right there is a treat in itself but the thing that I you wanted to uh, say it again sir have you ever met Parky? I have not I have not that there are a couple of people that I have yet to meet uh he is one of them the other one and 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 I've probably see this is the this is the the problem that I'm always in Terry is is that there's never enough time and there's never enough money and there's never enough gasoline because Bobby Eaton I, I have the same issues <laughs> yeah, Bobby Eaton is going to be at the Mid-South uh, Legends Fan Fest in Louisiana that, that April the 4th right, in Chalmette. And uh, the, the tag team and the, the two guys in wrestling that I haven't met, there's, there's several, but that I haven't met that I, would, that I would just die to meet just to tell them thanks is, is beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane. My favorite tag team of all time is the Midnight Express. Uh, that incarnation of the Midnight Express. Uh, they are they are the ones uh, with several other people, but help capture that that magic. You know that kid sitting in front of the in front of the box on a Saturday night, uh, watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh, I would uh, that right there. I it, rarely do I mark out, but that would be a mark out moment. I'd, I would yeah, probably just stand there and go something like, hand, 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 you know, that kind of thing. That That's what would yeah, do it for me. Uh, I, you know, I had my moment that I talked about it the other time I was on with, um, I run a show with them guys up in uh, Bristol, Tennessee, and um, Robert uh, Ricky was there, and Bobby was there, and Dr. Tom Pritchard were there. And just to sit around and hear them three guys talk, you know, just the stories and, you know, and when when I was five, six years old watching them on TV kill each other, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm sitting in the back going, you know, there's something about this picture that is not right. You know, you're supposed <laughs> to hate him, and you're supposed to hate him, you know, but it, I, nights like that, I could care less about wrestling. I would just soon sit in the back and, and hear them guys talk and laugh and, you know, that to me is worth more than anything else I've ever did in the business. Right. You know, the the other guy that that I would love to meet and I've never had the opportunity to meet is Terry Funk, and I've I've said it before I'm, on the program. I, I have yet to meet him too, and I I really want to. I mean, Terry Funk to me, when when watching Terry Funk, Terry Funk legitimately scared me. Terry Funk made me believe that he would hurt you. And that he would hurt you bad, you know. So that's that's a guy that uh, that's a guy that I that I really would like to meet, um, folks. I said earlier in the program um, that I had an announcement for you, and I've I've got a couple of announcements for you. We've got uh, a few minutes left here, and I think that uh, for some reason. I think that Terry's call mysteriously dropped off. Here he comes back. Sometimes that happens. You back with me, partner? I'm here, buddy. Okay. So you get rid you know, of Terry, I know. Terry Funk, back to what I was saying, Terry Funk made me le- – he, he had me believe legitimately that he would hurt you and he would hurt you bad. You know, that's, I think that's the magic. 
I, I, I believe it. I wouldn't want to mess with him, and he's like 103 years old. You know, I mean, and I, I say that in a joking manner because he jokes about his own age. I don't even think Terry Funk knows how old he really is. I think well, he's about 10 days older more than, than the times he's tried to retire. <laughs> and that's been about 50, so I agree with you. But, folks, um, the announcement that I wanted to make uh, next week, we'll start off with that. Next week, our guest will be uh, pro wrestling manager extraordinaire, the Tommy Thomas, will be on the program with Laura. Um, folks, I will not be here next week. I actually have to travel myself for work, and then I will be on the road to New Orleans. I will be at WrestleCon on Saturday night. Uh, we're going down, uh, my son and I are traveling down to New Orleans. We're going to go to WrestleCon. going to go down there and see uh, former uh, show guest Luke Hawks will be there. Cassidy Riley will be there. Kevin Steen will be there. Masato Tanaka will be there. Uh, several people that uh, that I want to see. It's been a you know spur of the moment type thing, but uh, like I told uh, Terry before we came on air, it's just an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. So if you're going to be at WrestleCon, if you're going to be in New Orleans that Saturday night, you can inbox me or send me a message on Facebook, uh, or you can uh, get a hold of me on our Twitter account at From the Armory and let me know, and and we'll say hey, we'll do something like that, and then. On that Sunday night, I will be at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, I will be there for WrestleMania. Um, pretty excited about it. I, I, you know, I've been to one other WrestleMania event, had the time of my life. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those types of things that you know. I I told Terry this. I, I thought that I would only be able to ever get to one WrestleMania in my lifetime. I never thought I would be able to get to two, but New Orleans only being about four hours from where I live, I couldn't pass up the opportunity, uh, nor would I. The only regret, regret that I have is that uh, CM Punk um, allegedly will not be at WrestleMania. Uh, I hope that he shows up. That that would be absolutely tremendous. But if he doesn't, we're still going to enjoy the show all the same. So if you're going to be in New Orleans, uh, hit me up on Twitter or hit me up on Facebook. I will be at WrestleCon. I will be at WrestleMania. Uh, we'll stop by, say hello, shake hands, whatever. I already have some folks that I'm meeting before WrestleMania uh, that are involved with the WWE, uh, but certainly would like to say hello to any uh, any fans of the show. Um, so if you're going to be in the area, uh, give me a shout-out, and we'll, uh, we'll see about saying hello. Um, next week... Rumor has it, they may be a Burke County boy sighting there, too. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because, well, one way or the other, the Burke County boys will be represented in New Orleans on that weekend. You know, be, me being an honorary member of the Burke County boys, I will be there. So if I happen to see any of our fellow brethren there, it would make it all that much sweeter. Well, let's see what we can do about that. All right, boss. I appreciate that. Um Again, I won't be here next week. Laura will be headlining the show on her own, but I have been told, well, I've been told that she's not going to be by herself. I have been told that she is going to have a very special guest with her uh, doing the show. I'm not going to give anything away, um, but I told her it was it was up to her that that we weren't going to run contests back to back. You know this, that, and the other. My only hope. <laughs> 
my only hope is that it's not that damn Caleb Conley. Because I can that that sound that you hear is the ratings just falling right to the floor. You know, because we're we're you know we're about ratings here, folks. I mean, we've got numbers. I've, we've got commitments and obligations that we have to live up to on this show. And I, my my greatest fear, Terry, is that if Caleb Conley gets on this show, our listenership, our download rate will drop right to the floor. How we might even get canceled off the air. Uh, it's out of your hands, like I do. Huh? It's, it's out, out of my of your hands. hands. I, the hell it is. I'm telling you right now, Laura, because I know you told me you were going to listen to this episode Thursday when you got some free time from this fake trip vacation that you're on. If you bring Caleb Conley on this show and think for one minute that he's going to guest co-host and ruin everything that we've worked so hard to build, young lady, you've got another thing coming. So I don't want to hear no Caleb Conley, no Caleb Conley on this program next week. Not a bit. And I mean it. So there. That's what I got to say about that. Now it's just a matter if she listens. She never listens to me anyway. She does what she wants to do. God, Uh, I I hope she doesn't have it. She is waiting. (laughs) Again, my friend, you are going to be involved in a skewer match. You don't want to be involved in a skillet match come tonight. Well, no, because it's about bedtime. (laughs) It is about bedtime. I hear you. Folks, we certainly appreciate you... uh, we appreciate you listening tonight, Terry. I want to thank you very much for being on the air with me tonight, brother. I, I enjoyed it, as always. Hey, buddy. It's, it's, it's all a pleasure of mine to be, for you to allow me to be here. You know, I mean, I won the contest somehow, but, you know, if it wasn't for y'all letting me be here, I wouldn't be here. So more thanks back to y'all than it is to me. Not a problem at all. And, again, uh, Terry will be in action Coming up uh, April the 12th, and I know that you gave us the other date on the show, but the, the, this one here, this this milestone wrestling show against Colt 45, the the winner is the person that has the most skewers in his head or something like that. It's just beyond me. Better you than me, my brother. I'll probably be saying the same thing afterwards. <laughs> we had to get there first. I hear you. Folks, we really appreciate you tuning in tonight. We're here every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. If you'd like to download this, you can download it through Blog Talk Radio. You can also find us on iTunes. If you go to uh, the iTunes uh, page, type in Armory in the search bar, hit Enter, and then go down to Podcasts and click that link. You can find us on iTunes. The download is 100% free. Certainly appreciate you taking the time to listen tonight. Laura will be back here with you uh, next week, and I will have a report the following week on all the craziness that is New Orleans. So thank you very much for listening tonight, folks. Terry, I thank you again, my friend, for being with us. Folks, we'll see you again here next week, same time. And remember, there is never a bad seat here at the Armory. Thank you, folks. Have a good night.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 